welcome to another episode of Magic Our Way Podcast. I am Kevin. I am Danny. And so, dude, I hope you had a great holiday. <laughs> I did. I did. My my kid uh, did not, but I did. Oh, no. <laughs> what happened with the kid? I just, she's two. No, she's two? Okay. She's two. She doesn't understand that when you give her a gift and right. you, you, you're like, okay, now it's time to put that down because you, here's a second gift that you, you have to open. Right. She thinks that she'll never get that first gift back. Oh, you know, mine still does that, too. And yeah, she's three, and it's kind of funny. He's like, hey, you got other gifts to open. Right, and people are all standing yeah. there with cameras and, and stuff, waiting yeah. to go ahead and take pictures and record and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, put, you know, put Dora down. It's time to open your next present. Right, and right, right. she just refuses Aww. to put Dora down, and you take Dora away, and she screams because she's sure that you've kidnap Dora and she'll never see her again oh, so perfect. yeah so that part of it sucked and obviously the fireworks situation she wasn't oh, a big yeah. fan yeah, of the loud popping noises we couldn't even take her outside for yeah. that so and that wasn't even us that was mostly those those Bieber people that were around the corner <laughs> according to some people call yeah. it that, that were just exploding fireworks left and right yeah these young whippersnappers yeah, with their crazy hair who were shooting off fireworks thinking they could compete with us that's right and they won and they won yeah, <laughs> they, they did, did pretty good you know, they kicked to, our ass pretty cha- thoroughly i felt challenged but it's okay we started out strong they finished yeah yeah you know, stronger. stronger yeah um oh well you know, but, anyway. but at the end, I, I had her looking at the fireworks through the window. I mean, I, I, I got close. I mean, she, she, yeah, she, she liked the pretty colors. That's and then good. midnight hit and the, the banging got louder and yeah. she, she couldn't stand it. So I'm in trouble when we go to Disney World at the end of this year. Because yeah. we have a couple of different things booked so we can see Illuminations. We kind of bring this oh, yeah? full circle. Right, we right, have a right. couple things booked so we can see Illuminations. And the, are, y'all, uh, are y'all doing a dessert party for Illuminations? Or are y'all doing something? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. We, we just have like a dinner plan so that way oh nice when it lets out we'll be right there for illuminations and we the same thing in the magic kingdom we yeah. at tony's uh town square and oh, as soon as wishes yeah yeah exactly. we're all eating in uh Mag- in epcot in epcot for, uh, for we're going to be eating at chefs de france oh cool you guys tell me how that is oh we've eaten there before it's great yeah Love it. i know it's a little different i think now they've, they've you know, done something uh, different with it i think i thought that was like chef paul or whatever like I thought, oh, the, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe you're right. I, I can't remember which one you did. I think it was Monsieur Paul. I think yeah. I said that wrong. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Uh, well, either way, you have but to let us know. We'll have to do a little restaurant review. That would be two coupons in our dining plan. Two tickets in our dining plan, and, and mm-hmm. we've already reserved a couple of those for the California Grill yeah. and and whatnot. So I, I, you know, we have to pick those. Uh, carefully and generally, yeah. Narcuzzi's always is something that we got to go do. You ever I, eat? I've never been there, but I always want oh to eat there. Yeah. I might have to check to see if there's a. Uh, when I go, I'm going like during Mardi Gras, right? You got to so go to Narcuzzi's. I got to see if there's a uh, available. Uh, ADR sometime. Narcuzzi's is awesome. And, and not only that, I mean, if you're lucky enough to go ahead and book it around the right time, which I think is around yeah. 8, 8.30, right. you'll be sitting there right as the electrical pageant, the water pageant comes by. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, you know, they do the music, the little things light oh, up. That's and, the, yeah. Uh, it's cool because you remember seeing when your kids, your kids are seeing right. it for the first time. They think it's something special. Right. So, um, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I don't think my kids have ever seen that. And I yeah. think they'll probably dig that. Eating right on the thing. water. I oh, mean, nice. you're, so you're right there. You just walk out in a little deck and you can be the whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to look through that now. And they will. They do pipe in wishes, I believe, but I don't, I don't know how good the angle is. I don't think yeah. we've ever been there for the, uh, for the firework show. We were at Ohana for the fireworks show, and we were at the That's Contemporary. That's another place I'd like to eat. I haven't been to that Ohana in, in years. Oh, it's my. It's been forever, ever, ever. God, every go year back. we go to Ohana. Lapu Lapu's. 
Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, what is going on with you? You see? I know. I need to. I'm a little overdue. See, I don't eat much. You know, I mean, I don't eat a lot of sit down when I go. The food is like the most important thing to us. Like it's, now, yeah. I mean, once you've done the attractions so many times, yeah, you always want to do the attractions, but... Right. You know, sampling the different types of food. I mean, you know, we, that's we like attractions in and of itself. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that, that's why I, pro- I proposed to my wife on the top of the contemporary at the California Grill, um, mm. just because we liked it so much. I mean, Very just, nice. Yeah, over- overlooking the parks. You know, yeah. it, right. Uh, now that's right during cool. wishes. Yeah, <laughs> during wishes. Well, no, no, no. I say oh, during I wishes. Say, during wishes, we were there. Right. But but and the plan was to propose as wishes was going on, but right. you couldn't get to the little observation deck right. because there were so many people out there. So it happened pretty close to right after wishes, okay. you know. So, but still I'm romantic like, wow, nonetheless. Man, go ahead, romantic. Yeah. Oh yeah, nice. I, I, very nice. I tried, baby. My, my mom, my mom was the, the Lord of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, so she had to hold on the ring the whole entire time we were oh, there. Nice. So we had to figure out a way to do a little handoff. A little, a little covert action with the ring. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, before we forget, I guess we want to wish everybody a happy new year out there in podcast land, and hope everybody had made it through the holidays of whatever you were celebrating and, and enjoyed themselves. Um, sorry for the little lull that we had in our shows. I actually came down with a flu the week of Christmas, and that wasn't fun at all. Ouch! <laughs> and hopefully, not everybody else. Yeah, I got diagnosed with flu. That's why I couldn't record or do anything that week. <laughs> so, um, and also, I apologize. I, I realized that the server didn't post our second half of show three. And it also didn't do show four either. So um, that should be up today if you want to check your uh, subscriptions. And we should have everything back up to par and up and running for 2013. So I'm glad everybody's back. And before further ado, let's head on to the queue. Okay, kind of starting off with uh, a couple of closures that are going to be happening uh, in the new year over at the Magic kingdom in uh disney world the animal kingdom as well uh splash mountain is going to be closing for a 77 day refurbishment in early 2013 oh my yeah that's yeah, <laughs> gonna suck because again we're gonna be we're probably it's probably gonna overlap in our trips uh, yeah, ex- yeah. It, it, it's gonna be closing january 2nd through march the 19th oh yeah, reopening yeah. on march 20th oh, well. uh it's generally a three week it's generally down for only three weeks just yeah. for like you know yeah like general Yep. rehab kind of stuff but they're doing it longer this time so there must be some functional functionality issues hmm. so, yeah, uh, so i wonder when the last time they had a huge refurb on that thing is but anyway uh, not not too terribly long ago i don't you know i don't know like it, I know it, that, yeah that goes generally, down it weeks, generally goes yeah. down right around january so right. i mean yeah we we've missed it a couple of times right. um when we go because we generally go around december january right um the Mad Tea Party is also going to be closing. Oh, okay. uh, it's going to be down from January 7th to February the 18th. Right. Uh, which sucks because that's my wife's favorite ride. Oh. Yeah. So she's going to be missing out on that. And then the Collie River Rapids yeah. is going to be closing um, January the 6th, 2013 through February the 15th, 2013, which really sucks because that's my family's favorite ride. Oh, we man. always ride that as a family. Speaking of which, did I ever tell you the story about my father on the Cali River Rapids? No, no. Oh, my God. So we always ride the Cali River Rapids. The first time we ever rode it was, mm-hmm. was like six years ago. Right. Rode as a family. And then we all got soaked. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us got soaked. And we were like, screw it, because no one else was in line. Like, let's just right. ride again. We rode through, and all of us you know, got even further soaked. Right. 
after that, we started to notice that, like, I don't know what they did, but when you went through, if you were, if your backs were to the little drop, mm-hmm. you were going to get it. You, you're right. the one, you, you, when you fall and you hit, there was a tidal wave that would come up, oh, and the two yeah. people there would get soaked to the bone. Right. So, um, yeah, we started to notice that. So, yeah, times over the years, you know, we would see it, and it's like I we would laugh at because you know, so and so would be, uh, you know, on the on the hot seat. Yeah. One time we went, and it was me, and it was my dad, and it was Eli, and it was my mom and my wife. Right. And we're riding on the Kali River Rapids. We get to that point. We get to the top. And my father sees he's lined up to get it. He unbuckles. No. Yes, he did. No. He unbuckled his his uh, safety belt and starts running over to the other side while you're waiting there no. to drop. Oh, gosh. And he tries to get over there, and I blocked him with my foot, and I'm like, go sit down and take it. And then he tries to run back and going around the other way, all waiting for this thing to drop, and all of a sudden over the loudspeaker here, sir, please uh, return to your to say. <laughs> So he... It's like, damn, they're watching us. He, he oh, runs yeah. to the other side. He sits down. As soon as he sits down, they let it go. Right. Problem is, he never had a chance to get the safety belt oh, no. locked again. So it drops. You hit the water. He goes face first. Not only does he get completely soaked. Right. He bangs his head on the front railing oh as he went forward. So we thought he had like a little mini concussion because right, he right. had a, a headache for the next two days <laughs> off of that little stunt he pulled. So um, I didn't realize those belts are so easily removable. Oh, but yeah, I guess you like, have to be in a boat. You know, yeah. In case something happens to capsize, you got to be able to get out. Mm, it's like one of those you little, know? like, you know, if you go to the supermarket and. Yeah, the little latch belt. Yeah. Thing or whatever. It, it's nothing to, yeah. uh, to unlatch. So, yeah. I don't know what That's went through his funny. mind. <laughs> we thought at that moment that he had gone, you know, nuts. He, he dementia or something had settled in. But uh, yeah, so the Kali River Rapids is a family favorite, and we have lots of fun stories oh, about that place. Down. Yeah, that sucks. Maybe I could take a Gatorade uh, thing and ice cooler and just dump it on somebody <laughs> in front of that River Rapids. It's yeah, like, you know, there's going to be no way to get. I mean, we have to go to the water park, which I'm looking forward to because I haven't been to Typhoon Lagoon yet. Oh, so okay, uh, cool. I'm, I'm going to make it this. Just uh, next trip, my first. Yeah, we'll definitely foray. Have to do a review on that. Have I, you been? I have not been to Typhoon Lagoon. I've, oh. I never think to go to the water parks whenever I'm down there. Oh, Blizzard! And I, I want to. Blizzard Beach was a blast. I mean, every time we go there, it seems like Typhoon Lagoon's down for its refurbishment. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah we went. What you call it? Uh, one year to Blizzard Beach, right? And just enjoyed it immensely. Like you always figure, like ah, I don't want to. It'll yeah. be a, it'll be a wasted day. Yeah. I'd rather be in the parks, but yeah. It actually turned to be the highlight of the trip because right. you get to the parks and you kind of you have expectations because you've already done it all before. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, just needs to meet up my expectations. I need right. to scratch, scratch A, B, and C off the list to go someplace that you've never been to before and to experience it all brand new. And yeah. it, it was awesome. I love Blizzard oh, Beach. See, that's how I look fun. I always have like gut and hair issues. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a little bit of a gut, and you know, I've got—I'm quite a hairy person. You know, so, the, the, you are nothing compared to the mammals. <laughs> the mammals, that yeah, they they're walrus. Uh, that that like it's nothing. You know, if I can find, if I make sure that there's somebody there that's a walrus, and now that's it's a little more than me. Somebody, I'll oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you're you're probably a stud. I'm telling oh, you, that'd be great. You are for your age group. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You know, the young kids, oh, yeah, yeah. you're going to hate them because they're, they're just in impossibly good shape. But, right, I mean, right. for our age, with kids, 
Yeah, man, there are some I'm, land mammals out there. Definitely strong land mammals. <laughs> um, one other thing, uh, I have uh, the Osborne Spectacle Lights. Uh, you're probably hearing this on Sunday, so that yeah, would be the sixth. It, that's the last day you could go see it. So if you happen to be listening to our podcast, um, stop listening and go, <laughs> so you don't miss the Osborne Spectacle of Dancing Lights. Have you ever seen that? In oh yeah. Christmas? yeah, yeah, that thing's a lot of fun. I like it. And I wish I need to go back the, now that I've discovered about the whole thing about the black cat and yeah, the, the purple cat, yeah, yeah, the purple cat. I want to see all that kind of business. Uh, also, the uh, limited time magic started up. So uh, oh, yeah. this is what we got to lead off with. The uh, Magic Kingdom is doing the first ever bling in the New Year dance party in Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. December thirtieth, twenty twelve, through January fifth, twenty thirteen. Yep. That only gives you a couple more days to enjoy this. Uh, yep. Kids of all ages can celebrate twenty thirteen while they dance to the hottest party hits. Watch live entertainment on the Rocket Tower Plaza stage yep. and party with iconic Disney characters, all dressed in their New Year's best. And just in case you can't step until midnight, there's a New Year's countdown every hour. So something that kind of reminds you of the Pope Pleasure Island thing that they used to do. Yeah, which I would rather they just do that rather than erect the Pleasure Island yeah. staging. I mean, because, well, first and foremost, I mean, I really would, here would be my question about this. and Maybe somebody out, out there can let us know. Yeah. I mean, so does that mean every every uh, every day from the 30th to the January 5th, they, the park's open till midnight every single day? Um, I don't know if I... I don't know if I'd assume that, but I might think at the end of the park day. Well, it could. They're saying there's a, there's a countdown every hour on the hour hmm. in case you can't stay up until midnight. So in case you can't stay up till midnight oh, yeah, yeah, seems yeah, yeah, yeah. to insinuate that it'll be open until midnight, but if you can't do it... Well, it's still part of that busy Christmas season, I guess. So yeah. it wouldn't make sense if they're open until midnight. We have to so, check the park hours. If that's the case, that's cool. But you know, all the I never understand the dance party things. I never see people at these dance parties. I mean, it's like a yeah. smattering. Like I've gone with my nephew and niece every year for the last seven years, from the time they were two on board, right. and they've never wanted to do the dance party. Well, there's usually people on stage dancing, right? There's and usually people there's on stage. They got a little area and for everybody's the kids. Just kind of sitting there watching and stuff. It's it's so lame. I don't <laughs> understand what the deal is with this damn dance party thing. They always want to do the dance party. Everything's a dance party. Every time you go for the not-so-scary right. thing, they're having a dance party. Right. They're very merry. They're having a dance party. Pirates and Princess had a dance party. dance party. Yeah, always doing the dance party that no one cares about. But, like I said, if they were keeping it open till midnight... That, that's kind of cool. You I agree with that, yeah. I like I, said, I I would rather see them go ahead and erect a stage over in uh, Pleasure Island and yeah. do the old New Year's Eve show over there. I thought that would have been cool. A couple other things too. That'd be nice. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other show in itself. Oh yeah, but if they do that, keep it up, keep that going for a month. Yes, right. So to go along with that, we have they also have the Year of the Ear. So every month of 2013, you'll uh, Disney Parks are going to release a new ear hat and headwear for your to add to your collection. So. Uh, pretty much every month you can have a, I guess a special collectible set of ears and stuff that you can buy and on the Disney Parks blog they have a picture of kind of the design ideas that they had come out and everything else that ah, should be kind of neat if you like to collect the ears I can't say I'm going to do that no. I'm over pin collector myself but you know <laughs> for those who are ear collectors by all means go for it You know, Kev- Kevin finally broke the habit it was tough Yeah, yeah. We, had, we had to lock him away he got help um, let's see. D- uh, Disneyland Resort, the year of the year is also taking place. 
Um, and also, they're bringing back the Three Kings celebration, uh, Three Kings Day, which usually celebrates the Epiphany. A lot of Christian kind of religions and stuff celebrate this uh, holiday. Um, the Epiphany usually happening on the happening on the sixth, and the Three Kings Day, the twelfth night, is what they call it, the twelfth night of Christmas, happening on January fifth, usually the day before. And that's especially important to us because on the Epiphany is usually when uh, after which Mardi Gras starts for us here in New Orleans. Yep. So all that's kind of linked in. So they're going to have that celebration out in Disneyland. Of course, in New, uh, in New Orleans, we're going to start getting our king cakes going and our purple, green, and gold things happening. I had my first king cake. You had your first king cake? Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm waiting till 12th night. I'm going to get it on Sunday. <laughs> or maybe maybe I'll, I'll wait till I don't know. I yeah. saw someone at grocery sales and I was like, oh, I want one so bad. Well, my mom got one from Rouse's and we had it for New Year's uh, New yeah. Year's Eve. No, no, I'm sorry, New Year's Day. Yeah. And it was disappointing. It was a supermarket style king cake. It wasn't very good. I mean, I'm not a big fan of king cakes to begin with. Right. But, hey, you know, on occasion, why not? And, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't very good. We'll have but, to do it well, for our Mardi Gras show. We'll have to talk about all the Mardi Gras things and um, the happening around Disney World well, and we stuff know. and everything else around here. That We're getting together uh, Saturday, man. We're going to bring king cake. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I'll have my king cake on Saturday. That there we go. Me. And that's 12th night, technically. Exactly. The 12th night revelers will roll down, what is it, Canal Street, I think, or uh, St. Charles in the streetcar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 12th night revelers, the first crew to the parade on Mardi Gras Day. They're going to be going down the street. And so, yeah, we'll have definitely have our cake. Yeah, we're going to do that. Oh, yeah, I might yeah, have yeah. to run by Haydell's or something and get a cake. Or In something. the middle of our drunken revelry. Uh, exactly. Uh, and you also kind of have this. They have the Salute of the Golden Horseshoe Review happening this year as well uh, that you can keep up. Um, for a limited time only, you and your family can experience the musical variety extravaganza inspired by the renowned Frontierland show enjoyed by Walt Disney himself. Join Miss Lily and her saloon girls for an homage to the classic Golden Horseshoe Review. A fun-filled show filled with plenty of family-friendly comedy, singing, and dancing. Performances are Thursday through Monday from January 10th through February 4th, 2013 at the Disneyland Resort. So, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that'd be great to kind of check that out. You know, and I'll call it also at Disneyland, they're also doing the Year of the Year, so you can get that as well over there as well, you know, in, in addition to that. That's all our news that we want to talk about this week. We're going to move on to the Hub. Okay, and today at the Hub, we're going to go ahead and do something a little bit different. Normally, we're reviewing and or analyzing different things uh, Disney-related, but today, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going we're gonna to do our first interview, and I don't have to look too far to find my first interview yeah. for subject. It's none other than my co-host, Kevin. Hey. <laughs> Kevin uh, recently had a, a stent uh, in the... Kevin, yeah, I, to those who may or may not have listened to earlier podcasts, Kevin's a musician, professional musician. Mm-hmm. That means he actually makes money doing this stuff. He doesn't just do it on the side. Yep. And he is a percussionist. Yep. And uh, we'll tell the people, what, you, if you don't know what a percussionist is, I think of drums when I yeah, think percussion. Drums, yeah, anything pretty much you hit with your hands or some kind of implement, you know, that's a percussion instrument and all the toys and whistles and stuff that go within it. So that's pretty much what I do. Okay. And... Yep. And so, how did you end up uh, recording with the orchestra for Mary Poppins? Well, it wasn't really recording. What I did was I, I the Mary Poppins Broadway tour that goes around the country came to New Orleans, and mm-hmm. so uh, whenever they go around to different cities, 
this particular show, they hire a certain amount of local musicians to fill out the rest of the orchestra. Um, do you I have to try out, or is it? No, it's it's a, it's by they they call a particular contractor that the theater works with. Um, the theater that we were working at is called the Mahalia Jackson Theater for the Performing Arts here in New Orleans, and it's also run by the same people that run the Sanger Theater downtown on Canal Street. Um, both big, huge venues for this type of production. Um, the company is called Art Center New Orleans, and the people that run that are uh, in contact with the union contractor that does a lot of this kind of stuff. This guy by the name of Mel Rogers, and he runs Mel Rogers Music. And so he called me up um, he, on one of his calls for percussion for a lot of different things in and around the area. And so when this show comes through, you know, he called me up and hired me for this particular show. You know, not necessarily audition per se uh, to do this job, but it's just from his knowledge of what I can do from shows past, because I've done a lot of shows for him um, years past, you know, and also with the big tours coming through, I've done Wicked when they came through, Shrek, all those different kinds of stuff, West Side Story, everything like that. Mm -hmm. So as of right now, he's the contractor that that particular company uses, and I'm one of the guys that he calls on to do those particular positions. So, um, Unlike some of the other shows in the past, like in the 80s and 90s, that used to travel uh, with what they call a self-contained show, which means that they bring their own orchestra members and everything else like that. Like Fan of the Opera a tour, which recently ended maybe a couple of years ago. They ran for about 18 years. They were a self-contained orchestra. They brought all the instruments, you know, every city that they went. They didn't hire anybody locally unless they got to one of those cities where it was required for them to do so like Dallas I think was one of those cities and LA was one of those cities Los Angeles um, this show Mary Poppins um, they're what they call there's different tiers and I think they call this a tier B and so they have to do at least a certain amount of one week runs and I think they got to hire a certain amount of local musicians in every city it's a money saving thing because mm-hmm. you know all they carry with them when they go around the country is a, a conductor uh, two piano players, the drummer, and the guitar player. And that's it. That's all they have to pay uh, salary for. That's all they have to play, pay per diem for mm-hmm. and all that other kind of stuff, housing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so when they came to New Orleans, they hired, well, they hired a percussionist. They hired uh, two trumpet players, two French horn players, two trombone players, which also doubled like in tuba, um, a cellist, um, a reed double, a clarinet person that doubled, uh, flute person that also doubled on some recorder and everything, piccolo, some stuff, and an oboe player that also doubled, I think, on English horn, if I remember correctly, and a bass player. Mm-hmm. So they, this show hired a lot of local musicians, and I was one of the local musicians that they got they, they hired. You know, mm-hmm. so that's how I get involved with a lot of these productions that, that do. So that was that's you know that's actually kind of fun, and they're only in town for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to play a lot of the songs um, that you know you probably know from the movie. The show's a little bit different from the movie in, in and of itself. We could talk about a little bit about that a little bit later. Um, but you know I did get to play like you know, Chim Chimari, even though I was I didn't really have much to play on that. I had a couple little hits, mm-hmm. uh, Super Califragilistic. Um, what else? Uh, Jolly Holiday. Jolly Holiday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely played that. Um, and yeah, in my setups for these kind of shows are quite extensive. Um, I, if for the guys that follow us on Twitter, I posted a picture up of one of my setups for the show, and then you can see all the different instruments that I got to play in my in my little. Did you get to see that? No, I, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, um, but anyway, I got all different kinds of instruments from timpani to xylophone, um, glockenspiel, and all different kinds of toys, bass drums, um, bells and whistles, all this kind of different things that I have to play out of this one particular book for me. So. 
Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun getting to do that show, doing something that I like to do. It's kind of like two worlds combined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I love music, and also I obviously I love Disney, or else I wouldn't be doing the show <laughs> kind of thing. You know, and they kind of combined together, and I got to do the best of both worlds. It was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. You know, that I got to do that. So when they give you, uh, the, so I guess they, in advance they give you the music. I mean, how long do you spend practicing it? Or yeah, usually you, what happens uh, the minimum uh, the, what where it works with these shows uh, two weeks out they have to send you the books usually, mm-hmm. so that you get at least two weeks to prepare for the show. So um, our show opened I think like December sixteenth or so. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no, the our show the first rehearsal for our show was uh, December sixteenth, which was mm-hmm. a Monday. So two weeks prior to that, uh, the books came in and. Actually, it came in like two weeks plus a couple of days. So it came in a little bit early, which was cool. And so basically what I did is I, I practiced, you know, uh, almost like eight hours a day. I went from like nine to four. What was that seven hours a day? Seven hours a day. That's where the lunch break. Yeah, I gave myself a little lunch break. But yeah, yeah. I practiced the book. Um, they where where do music. you practice at? Uh, for this show, sometimes I practice out of my house. Uh-huh. If I could squeeze the instruments in. Or I was going to say, yeah, I've been it. to your house before. It seems like with two young yeah, girls. Who- <laughs> yeah. The last show I practiced at my house was Shrek, and that was when I only had one kid. And so now that I have two, mm-hmm. I actually practice at a school that I teach. I teach at Southeastern Louisiana University, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, probably about 45 minutes from New Orleans area. And so I practice up there in the office or in the studio. I just have my whole setup set up there. Mm-hmm. And since school is already out, you know, I didn't have any, you know, I wasn't really interfering with anything. And so I just set up my setup in the office and I, I you know, I'd show up nine o'clock, start practicing and, you know, take a little lunch break, go all the way to four o'clock, go home, pick up the kids and, and then go back home, sleep, start it all over again. So I think I did that the second week I did it Monday through Friday, all the way through and then the first week, I think I, because I had to give an exam Monday and Tuesday of that mm-hmm. week, I practiced Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I gave my we- myself weekends off just so I wouldn't, you know, just kill yeah, I mean, myself completely. With that much time spent towards practicing and mm-hmm. then obviously the various, about how many rehearsals? Uh, it was, for this, it was only two rehearsals plus a little sound check and that was it. Okay. Which Do is you- a little bit more than a lot of some of the shows. I think one of the shows that we did, we had a rehearsal all throughout the day and then we had a show opening that night and that mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. So do you uh, do you get paid for the time spent learning, or are you just expected yeah, to that, show up? Yeah, that's built in. That's built into the um, the. I, I think that's built into the price per se, mm-hmm. more or less. I mean, I get paid pretty good for doing these little shows mm-hmm. as they come through. Um, not necessarily. I don't know if whether or not it is in the contract, but they definitely with the pay scale that the union sets forth, mm-hmm. uh, they do allow for preparation time and everything else because they do. You know, one of these things for professional musicians when you're doing this kind of job, mm-hmm. unlike the bands that you see on tour and everything else, like the guys that do the Grammys or any of the New York Broadway shows, that you know, you get the music, they expect you to show up, have it ready to go, mm-hmm. and no, the only thing you have to do is just rehearse mm-hmm. and just really get put the ensemble together and you know there's no, no really time ne- uh, needed to be wasted on people in learning parts mm-hmm. you show up to these uh, things with the part learned and then you see how everything fits with your particular instrument into the ensemble and stuff so gotcha so yeah. in that entire week run yeah it was ever a, a screw up and he made you oh screw yeah it. <laughs> uh, nothing major you know i missed a few notes here and there uh-huh. and stuff because the, the arrangement the guy that did the arrangement for this uh, i forgot his name i think bill brunt or something he did also did the arrangements for wicked mm-hmm. uh, the broadway show that's going around and as well as in new york right um 
Anyway, so he did the same arrangements in both, and that music was difficult, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, I, I always strive for the perfect show where I nail just everything, but you know, it's just it's just it's really really tough, <laughs> you know, especially for something that's in for a week. You try to do your right. best at it, and that's so. I mean, I fully admit I did have some screw ups. Were there anything major? No, nothing that would derail a show. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, pretty much the main guys that they carry around the show, the drummer, the two keyboardists, and the guitar player, mm-hmm. they've been doing the show, like, you know, days on end, you right. know, city after city. So they got the show pretty well learned, mm-hmm. almost to the point where they don't have, almost don't have to read the music. <laughs> um, and they have, you know, all these different little shtick things mm-hmm. that they do. You know, they started working a little choreography <laughs> into all the different songs just to keep things interesting. But yeah, those guys with the conductor and the people on stage, they all keep everything going regardless of what happens Mm -hmm. you know anything that might throw something off that i noticed in the show is like if a vocalist or something um uh gets off by a little bit and then it Mm -hmm. gets a little hairy but usually it's you know when you're dealing with professionals it gets back on track pretty quick like we midway through the week we had a different mary poppins oh really yeah i think it was her first night i think it was one of the other studies and it was her first night starting as mary poppins and so Either it was her first night or she hadn't done it in a while. I don't remember what the story was exactly, but it, 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 a couple of those numbers got a little bit interesting because you know, she might get a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. She wasn't used to the timing and the pacing of the show, so things got a little bit off of the music. But hey, you know, that's live theater. Yeah, that's live music. You know, it happens like that mm-hmm. all the time. You know, and, and you know, I, guess, I think with some of the other musicians too, there are other little mistakes and stuff that happen. It, it just happens. That's just how it is, you know? So nothing happened and then they go, what about the actors and anything happened? No, and nothing catastrophic. I mean, I guess the only thing that would have happened that we kind of along the lines of like, oh my gosh, is like at the end of the first act, we're holding a particular note and then we do a big, you know, bump at the mm-hmm. end when the curtain comes down. Well, the curtain, something something happened and got stuck halfway through <laughs> and it never came down. So it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. You know, we heard a big thud and then it finally came down. We didn't know what the heck was going on but that was about the only thing catastrophic but I don't it know. wasn't really that bad I mean compared I did Wicked like three years ago yeah, that's what I was about ready to go <laughs> yeah. to and when I did that show Wicked and they were here for three weeks and that was a fun show to do and then one of the things I forgot what happened but I know like part of the New Orleans grid got shut down right and the theater is on the grid it's not it's mm-hmm. on its own separate power source and so like toward the end of the song naturally there's a blackout and after one of the numbers you know we play the song it's finished and there's a blackout to mm-hmm. transition to another scene well the blackout happened and happened and <laughs> it kept happening we're like you know this is highly unusual i mm-hmm. remember this being that long it's like oh well maybe something's going on we're just waiting so we're just sitting there and all of a sudden all the little uh, emergency lights start powering on i was like oh okay this is not normal <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, I think on YouTube, somebody actually recorded like when the blackout happened. Really? Yeah, because what they did is they, uh, there's one last big number in Wicked. Uh, I forgot the name of the song, but there's one last big duet between, um, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Glinda and the Wicked Witch of the East. Oh, I forgot her name. Man, the Green Witch. Anyway. Uh, it starts with a T, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember. I'm blanking myself. Yeah, I'm blanking. But anyway, I'm sure somebody out there is yelling at their iPods, which is fine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, there's this one last big number that they sing a duet before they go their separate ways. And so they did it by flashlight. You know, all the stagehands came out with flashlights to do it. And they brought out the rehearsal piano and they played that song. And it was kind of, kind of neat. 
But yeah, nothing like that happened with Mary Poppins. So that, that was a good thing. Because yeah. you know, that's one show I wouldn't want anything to happen because I, I, like, I like that show <laughs> and that story. So that was kind of neat. My coworker, we, we saw the, the show the day before this happened and my coworker went the next day the performance where, oh, really? where that, that took place. Oh, Actually, kidding. I believe it. Now I think about it, I think the, I think the name starts with an E. I'm looking it up right now. It's, oh man, I'm... I, <sighs> <laughs> give me a second. Give me a second. Yeah, the, the, the good witch is Galinda. That's it. Alphaba. 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 Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. I remember Alphaba. 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 Alphabuloso. Anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, doing that show was a lot of fun as a local, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, right now, they're in Florida. They're, I, I think after they left us, they went down to Tampa, and they're going to hit Miami and Orlando in that area and those different little cities down there. So, so which one was your favorite piece to perform? Um, I I want to say, Step in Time definitely was my favorite number. Mm-hmm. That's like the big number in the second act. Um, and you had family that went to go see the show. I yeah, think. remember? Yeah, um, yeah. Step in Time was long, long numbers. A lot of stuff for me to mm-hmm. play, and it was also just a lot of fun, high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, just as high energy it is in the movie that you see it. It's just as high energy on stage. It was a little bit of a different twist. Um, you know, they're not in, in one point, uh, Bert starts crawling up the side of the stage of the proscenium, you know, mm-hmm. and he's tap dancing. When he gets to the top, he's upside down and he starts tap dancing and stuff mm-hmm. and there's a big number and then just everything just goes nuts. It's a, it's a lot of fun. No Spider-Man they, moment, right? No Spider-Man <laughs> moments. No, they had, the, they had their flying people under control. It was kind of <laughs> neat. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see that until, you know, we opened the show Tuesday and I didn't get to see that until like Thursday. Because mm-hmm. I think that's when I was comfortable enough to actually kind of take my eyes away a little bit. And a moment of when I had a moment of rest and I didn't have to play, I was able to glance up and all of a sudden there he is upside down. You know, <laughs> everybody step in time. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my god, he's upside down. That's insane. You know, and then so every night I get little, as I got more you know comfortable with it, I just look off and I I saw one night where he started walking up the mm-hmm. the stage and stuff. It was crazy. It was it was kind of neat. You know. <laughs> Um, so that was fun to play. I enjoyed listening to "Feed the Birds." I just—that's just one of my favorite songs. Now in, in the in, movie and this, "Feed the Birds" was just great. In the yeah. movie, I believe that it, it's it's Mary Poppins who sings the song, but in the play, yeah. it's more of a duet between her and the yes. the Bird Woman, right? Yeah, yeah. Mary Poppins sets up the whole story and everything, and the Bird Woman actually sings the refrain, uh, mm-hmm. the chorus part, the "Feed the Birds" section. So kind, kind of, of moving on to sure. your your um, opinion. I mean, I'm sure you you, you gathered a little bit yeah. from the many nights what was your thought on the play what, what were your thoughts uh, as far as the, the differences between this and the movie what would obviously they're two different kind of things but yeah. similar material what do you prefer what what what, yeah, what were your well, thoughts the magical and the spectacle are happen i think in both mm-hmm. you know you get the magic from the disney movie in and of itself with all their cartoons you know the live actions and cartoons as well as all the the different effects with the a- animation of the 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 chimney sweeps dancing mm-hmm. on the roofs and then this, you have all the different spect. It's a little bit of a different story because at one point, Mary Poppins actually leaves the children. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the kids are just absolutely belligerent and they stop listening to Mary Poppins. And then so at the end of the first act, she leaves. And then at the beginning of the second act, we see the entrance of Mr. Banks's old nanny, what he called the Holy Terror. <laughs> you know, so they have that whole interaction, and then you know, uh, the kids run away, and then Mary Poppins finds them, and then Mary Poppins decides to come back. You know, because they, they, you know, at one point as part of her teaching skill, the kids have to go through this particular rough spot 
on their own, you know, without mm-hmm. any kind of aid of magical help or whatever else. But it was interesting. Um, my wife came and saw the show, and, and there's one point where they have these statues and loincloths that start dancing around. <laughs> so that was a little interesting and different. Um, it, they have little parts that are a little bit darker than the movie. It was, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if necessarily it was a completely a, as kid-friendly as, say, the movie is that well, we the, know and love. Yeah. Um, the books you, are a little bit darker. Yeah, the books are a little bit darker. I think it kind and of I'm, followed along those same lines because at one point where they're abusing, you know, there's a, a song called Playing the Game mm-hmm. where the kids are kind of abusive to the toys that they play with and so Mary Poppins wants to teach them a lesson. And so, you know, the toys start coming to life. The, she puts the kids to sleep. The toys, she brings the toys to life and then she wakes up the kids and then the toys are just telling her, you know, you did this to me, you did this to me, da, da, this, that, and the other. It's pretty dark. Mm. It's pretty interesting. And so needless to say, they learned a lesson with that, you know, because <laughs> it was pretty freaky. But I think that's the point where they start to rebel because they didn't like that so much. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's songs just before the end of the first act, just before Mary Poppins leaves. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just before the... The chim chim chimney number, you know, where where her and Bird are talking uh-huh. before they leave. You know? Now, like, obviously, one of the the highlight I would say of the film is is uh, when you jump into the sidewalk drawing oh, right. from Bert and I think that's when you have Jolly Holiday yeah, and when yeah. you have Supercalifragilistic yeah. and it's a big animated world that they enter and if you're a kid yeah. that's when your mind just yeah. you're on overload so how did they convey that on stage well, number one I think what they did from what I could tell is um, it, it was use of color and lighting because mm-hmm. at one point you know they're outside and it, it's kind of dark and dreary almost like it's about to rain kind of a deal which mm-hmm. is kind of like uh, not unlike the movie uh, but also when they jump into the painting all of a sudden the stage and the lighting just it's just all so colorful mm-hmm. you know everything comes to life and then they had they had statues like there's one person um, I forgot his name, but he was the son of he was the son of Poseidon. I forgot the name. He said it, the name in the show, but you know he's a, there's a statue in the back of the stage. If you don't look hard enough, you would never tell that he's made up so well you wouldn't tell it was a real dude. Mm-hmm. Like you know, so when the colors happen and everything and things start coming to life, he pops into life and it's like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dude's alive. He's got a loincloth. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they make that transformation just with all those different kinds of stuff, like the costumes mm-hmm. that like the cop was wearing and some of the people in the passerby were kind of dark and then all of a sudden it's like you know they jump into a painting and everybody's wearing lavish colors just you know exotic different uh, a huge contrast to what was there before any know? penguins or no, carousel horses penguins. yeah <laughs> what they had was uh, statues and stuff that were you know they had a fountain of the statues the statues were in the book yeah that's and that's what they went with they didn't mm-hmm. have dancing penguins but Bert danced with the statues and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff you know so that's what they kind of did um, so they went with that and then I guess when it starts raining you know it, it, the colors change again mm-hmm. you know, it goes back to the dreary kind of London grays and darks and you know, dark blues and blacks and different things so that's how they pulled it off on stage it was actually kind of neat mm-hmm. um, I got to see very little of it but I YouTubed it the Broadway <laughs> show just so I could see what was actually going on while I'm doing stuff because <laughs> I'm throughout Jolly Holiday I'm, I'm, that's another almost like step of time where I'm constantly playing mm-hmm. something so I barely have breaks to kind of glance up mm-hmm. you know but um, I knew they were changing color just because you know I could see everything because <laughs> I'm right in, I'm in the orchestra pit so I could see everything right in front of me it was kind of neat mm-hmm. you know so I could tell it was uh, it was changing color it was, it was kind of neat it was really 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 cool <laughs> to do that um 
But yeah, the experience. I wish I could have gotten an interview with like Mary Poppins or something like that. But you know, just like <laughs> when they, we're in town, it's like everything's just so busy. You know, you're in for the week. You go, 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 and then that's probably what kind of led me to being sick. This happened for you listening to that. This happened the week prior to me being sick, mm-hmm. which is where we took our little week off. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. It's um, what is it? Monday evening. You know, we have a rehearsal, and then Tuesday it's pretty much all day. I have a rehearsal at eleven o'clock, and then we had a little bit of a lunch break, and then we had another little sound check rehearsal slash. Uh, a sound check slash rehearsal and then mm-hmm. we had a rehearsal with a little bit of the cast hour break and then the show that night so mm-hmm. like all day it was like you know more than 12 hours of work mm-hmm. and everything almost like 15 but it was it was pretty nuts it was it was a lot of fun though so when it ended did they do anything and y'all have like a nice little uh no there's nothing special like that mm-hmm. it's it pretty much all business the minute we you know we played the last note you know, we started breaking down the instruments and started packing up and ready to get out of there. You know, it's and that's what happens in those kind of houses. You know, the minute it, it closes, the curtain drops, and then you start hearing hammers start going away. People start going out to sets because <laughs> with these touring shows, these uh, these uh, they got to get to the next city. Right. Like uh, we closed on that Sunday evening. We had a six thirty show, and we I think we were finished by like nine or nine thirty or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they had to get to Tampa for the next day which is not that bad of a drive but they, they, I know the orchestra had a rehearsal at 2 o'clock that day oh my god yeah I know and because they had to do that because of course Tuesday was Christmas and mm-hmm. so they had Tuesday off and they resumed Wednesday you mm-hmm. know so um, yeah once they get the trucks loaded usually they're out of there by midnight 1, 2, 3, 4 in the morning depending on what they're doing but yeah it was pretty. it's pretty crazy and you know it's funny uh, on the opposite thing happened when, when, I, when I first loaded in my gear because I, I usually get there a lot early since I have, I'm the percussionist, and I've had a lot of stuff to drop. I bring my U-Haul, and I get to the theater super early so I can kind of leisurely load in because I don't like to rush. Because mm-hmm. if I rush and I set up and I get tired, I, can, I don't play well. So, you know, I take my time. I got there like at noon, and I didn't have rehearsal until like 7 o'clock that night. Uh, but I beat the whole company. You know, no, nobody was on stage. None of the trucks were there yet. So mm-hmm. I, it was kind of neat to kind of start see. As I was setting up, I start to hear like clanking, hammers going, and then you know I start to see the stuff come in, all the instruments. So it was actually kind of neat. You know, I walked in mm-hmm. and it was a bare stage, and the next thing you know, it was like the city of London starting to happen and everything <laughs> else. Um, How long did it take them to, to finish it out? Uh, I want to say they were ready to go with everything by I think midday Tuesday. Wow. Or Tuesday afternoon where they had a lot of the final touches and stuff. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got to the sound check rehearsal, which is, I think it was like at 5 o'clock, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. everything was ready to go. The sound was going. All the props were going. Everything was going, you know? Speaking of props, if you've ever seen a show, there's this huge umbrella that comes from the ceiling yeah. and opens up and just starts spinning for this one number, the um, uh, Anything Can Happen number, mm-hmm. you know, which is, uh, for this show, it's like Mary Poppins' uh, um, uh, mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, anything can happen, you know, if you put your mind to it and all this kind of stuff, um, which, of course, enforces a change into Mr. Banks and stuff and everything else. You know? mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I got to glance up and all of a sudden there's this big, huge umbrella number. I had, I think I had like two measures rest, which equates to like eight counts, which is like maybe a few seconds. So I kind of had a, I, a chance to glance up. And there's a big, <laughs> huge umbrella just spinning up in the audience. Was, and everybody's just dancing. It's a, it's a great little number. Mm-hmm. This happens toward the end of the second act before the end of the show. It's, and that was, that was a treat. But anyway, yeah, that was, yeah. That was a prop. I just want to talk. And, it, and the prop and that big umbrella had the little parrot head on the other end. Right. So that's the first thing you saw was as it came down from the ceiling, the little parrot head, and then, <laughs> and then the umbrella opened up. It was pretty. It was it was it was crazy crazy spectacle. You know, it was it was pretty awesome. It's funny because as an audience member, you never think about the fact that the orchestra who plays 
night in and night out probably rarely gets to see oh, or yeah. appreciate. Yeah. Uh, especially the guys that are, because uh, in the orchestra pit, there's a certain part of the pit that's sometimes covered by the stage. Mm-hmm. And like the drummer, the two keyboardists, and uh, part of me, part of my setup was underneath the stage. So you, you barely get to see up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let alone, you're still concentrating the music depending on how much you're playing. Mm-hmm. You're concentrating your music so that nothing, you know, nothing gets messed up or, any, hmm. or anything else. But uh, yeah, that was that was a very very fun experience for me to do. You know, I was looking forward to that. Uh, Lion King actually came early in the year, and I was bummed that I couldn't play it. Of mm-hmm. course, Lion King, being as big of a show as it is, they bring their own percussionists, and they they hire like they have at least five guys. They have a drum set player, a percussionist, a pit, two guys up on stage. Mm-hmm. I was that four. That's four. Yeah, so I think they have four, four guys playing. It was pretty wild. Now that was a heck of a show, and I wish I could have played that, but. I can understand why they would need to bring their own guys because the parts are just so intricate and so involved. Um, Mary Poppins, a little, not as bad, you know, but still it was, it was fun to be able to do a Disney show. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't know if Little Mermaid's coming around. I think that's done. <laughs> but the next thing that might come around is Newsies, which actually be kind of a cool thing to do because I, I, I enjoyed that show. But, you know, if they go on tour, if they do well on Broadway, that might be the next Disney show I get to play if they come around. It's amazing because that movie totally tanked. Yeah. And, I, you know, and I liked them. I didn't mind the movie so much. I, I enjoyed that movie. You know, I, but granted, it's been a while since I've seen it. I saw it in the movie theater, so <laughs> right. I have to look at it again just to see what it's like. But yeah, apparently the Broadway show is just going nuts. You know, it's just it, it's like the next biggest show that they, Disney's put out, Disney theatricals put out. So it's actually kind of neat, you know. So yeah, overall, man, that was a lot of fun doing that side of things. You know, playing musician and all that kind of business. Oh, good, man. Well, I'm glad for your <coughs> insights into it. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I'm glad. Uh, I could I could impart that to the listeners, you know. If it, so, if anybody out there has any questions, you know, about that particular side of the business as far as music or just like what it's like to do that kind of thing, uh, make sure you shoot us an email at magicourway at gmail dot com or shoot us a message on Twitter. You know, I'll be glad to um, met, uh, email, tweet, tweet you back or email you back. And if you happen to follow, follow, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can see my setup for Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I'll probably post a picture up of the curtain that they had. It was it was neat. So mm-hmm. if you happen to get, uh, Mary Poppins on tour through, I think, June, I think the tour closes. This particular tour closes. And they I think they've been running since 2009. So, you know, if you happen to be in a city that they're coming through the next couple of times you haven't seen it, man, make sure you go out and see that. You know, a lot of guys, great guys working on the set. And it's a really, really cool show. I mean, you know, the spectacle in the theater, it works just as well as the spectacle that you see in the movie. You know, so I highly advise you to go check that out. Cool. All right, man. So I guess now we need to move on to the Magic Our Way segment. Okay, this is the Magic Our Way segment, and today we're going to be talking about a new addition that's coming to Fantasyland in late 2013. Uh... For those who don't know, uh, they're going to be opening the Princess Fairytale Hall. It's going to be where the old Snow White's uh, Scary mm-hmm. Adventures dock ride used to be. Right. And uh, basically what's going to be, it's going to be a, a little hall where you go in there and it's going to be nice, decorative, made to look yep. like a castle. And you shoot off and you go into various different rooms to have 
various meet and greets yeah. with the uh, princesses. Very fancy meet and greet thing. Yeah. I think you can, if I, I Googled this earlier, and you can find a lot of pictures and stuff, like images, sketch artists and stuff, renderings of what this is going to look like, you know, with all the different portraits of the princesses and stuff and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Yeah. A meet and greet, a really fancy meet and greet. What we're discussing with regards to that is, A, what do you think? I mean, do you like... Do you like that they're opening a princess meet and greet uh, in in Fantasyland, first and foremost? And um, if you don't, what would you rather have seen them do at that spot? Would you like to see them open an, uh, another dark ride? And yep. if so, what kind? So, um, I guess you know I don't I don't I guess I don't mind it, especially now that I have two daughters. I know that might be a, almost a guaranteed place for me to find the princesses and stuff. Um, because they had, I guess they had the meet and greet before Ariel's Grotto, I think. They, well, I guess that was just for Ariel, though. I thought they still had an Ariel's Grotto kind of thing. Oh, maybe they do. Or maybe they had some kind of other meet and greet. And st- they had another meet and greet that was another part of that. Oh, you know what it was? It was, a, it was a Toontown Fair. They had a little circus tent kind of thing set up, I oh, okay. believe, where you could go meet the... Like, you had the houses where you could meet right. Mickey and Minnie and Donald and all right. that. But beyond that, there was a tent that they had set up where you can go meet the princesses. Oh, okay. Right, right. And really, what would princesses be doing in a tent? I mean, come on. Just hanging out, (laughs) you know. Um, But anyway, you know, I guess it's okay. They needed a place to put them. And, you know, they seem to be kind of popular. Every time I remember, there's that one up by, um, in the front of the park. I forgot where it's right by Tony's Town Square Restaurant. um, There was a meet and greet. I think it's still there where you can meet Mickey or somebody or another line. You can meet somebody else. I forget who. Well, they generally like you walk in. There's like maybe four characters, maybe five. One in the center, two well, I don't know to either that, side. That, it's 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 you, when you walk into the park. Once you go through the uh, underneath the train tracks, it's immediately to your right, and there usually is like a long line for this thing. Hmm. Meet Grant. I forgot the name of it. I, you know, I can't remember at the moment. I, you know, I, I thought about it, but. Yeah, that one's usually pretty packed because I remember we tried to wait in line just to meet Mickey and stuff. And like was, an indoor kind of thing. It was an indoor, yeah. It was an indoor meet and greet huh. kind of deal. And so you know, my kid got restless, so we jumped out of line and just <laughs> left. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't want to wait any longer. We thought it was gonna be quick, but you know, it was like. So I guess they're popular to an extent. Like I think the one in Epcot, it seems pretty popular. The one that's in one of the uh, community, not community core interventions. I forget which one. But you can see, you know, they have windows and you can see into everybody doing the meet and greet. Right. Like they have their own little tiger. backdrops. Yeah. They have their own little backdrops. So those seem to be pretty popular. Yeah. And and I remember the one that was in Toontown was pretty popular where you, you go into Mickey's house. I right. Think, you can take a picture. Mm-hmm. But since that got torn down, I think that's where they moved Mickey to the front of the park mm-hmm. to that meet and greet. But they seem pretty popular. I don't really mind it. If I had a choice between that or another dark ride that would be more befitting, I think I would choose the dark ride. Right. You know? I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do, you, do you like it? or do I'm you? totally anti any yeah. more meet and greets, especially for princesses. Right. Um, like Mickey, Minnie, Donald. I get all that. The princesses, I think, are... They're everywhere. I mean... You know, it's funny. You say, uh, yeah, and you just reminded me of something. They did that. It's just princesses, right? Yeah. Um, they did that, and then at the same time, they didn't they change the name of this, the, the carousel? Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be like Cinderella's royal carousel. It'd be something it was like a little bit more masculine. Prince Eric or something. Prince, uh, yeah. Prince, no, not not Prince Eric. But a, the charming Prince. Uh, that that dude. Yeah. That dude's royal knight <laughs> horses that go up and down thing. And yeah. Round and round. It was one of those kind of deals. And that's part of the reason why I'm not in favor. Is I mean, Fantasyland has become very. 
girlish girly centric yeah. i don't know how to say it without sounding kind of derogatory but i mean it it's become i don't know if i was a young boy right. i don't know that there's a whole lot in there for me anymore outside of the peter pan ride Other than, yeah, exactly Other yeah. than peter pan or maybe poo if you like poo yeah you still have to be pretty young for that one too yeah, yeah. um so yeah so I'm, I'm not in favor i mean you can go to epcot right in every single one of those different countries generally the princess of the corresponding countries right out in right, front right um and the snow whites with germany right. mulan with china the jasmine's yeah. in morocco right. so forth and so on that they're there you can book a a a dine, a, a character breakfast with the the right. princesses at the restaurant of Kershus, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, Akershus, is that how you say? Yeah, we ate, we ate there. That was actually pretty good. I yeah, liked it. Um, but yeah, you could definitely do. It. And the Cinderella's Royal Table, they got Cinderella. the princesses there too. I was just about ready to go ahead and, and go know? into that. And I mean, there's never been a problem with uh, running into them just about yeah. anywhere in the parks. So right. I mean, it's just, they're everywhere to have to have a whole building set aside, and I'm sure it'll be popular right. because parents are gonna, you know, that's part of it for them is to take their kids to go have a picture taken with a princess and this would be the easiest way to find it but it wasn't like it was all that tough to find to begin with and like kind of like you said i would rather them take that space like i hate the fact that they got rid of mr toad you're right i don't like the fact that they had to get rid of uh snow white i mean to me i mean you got these rides these nice dark rides nice classic yeah Nice little ten minute distraction to sit down. Yeah. Stories presented in front of you. There's characters, you know. It's it's pretty look like it's pretty look at, and I, I can get it to the point where they're replacing Snow White, um, yeah. in a sense with the Snow War, the, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So hopefully they'll have yeah. you know elements. Obviously they they should have elements from the film characters yeah. uh, from the film in there, so they'll be represented in a sense. But yeah. I mean. I, I hate that they're. Cl- I mean, it's such a, a a large space over there. Right. Really, you could put in quite a number of dark rides over there, yeah, and yeah. you know, and and generally, just about most Disney films would make for a great dark ride. I can't right. think of. I, I was trying to think of one that. I mean, if you go to Disneyland, you know, Alice in Wonderland, be a great fit over right. there. You go to um, Pinocchio, wonderful fit. It would back be nice there. to have a dark ride at Tiano. You know, that I think that would be a great, like almost. Um, uh, Mr. Toad type kind of ride, you know, with the the two D flats uh-huh. kind of thing, you know, um, the whole voodoo dark thing. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been really really cool to have a Tiana a ride through attraction, mm-hmm. you know, a dark ride. I mean, I think that's absolutely befitting because you know you get to the voodoo scenes, you get all the splash of colors within the darks and everything else, and then you know you got the big crocodile that's playing trumpet. I think actually that would have been really neat. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a really neat dark ride. I, I can see that. You know where I was going at with this. This one What's was yeah, I was trying again, I was trying to think of it. You know, I've been on Alice in Wonderland, I've been on Pinocchio, so yeah. I mean I've done those before. I'm trying not to go with something that's already been done, although right. I, I believe either one of them would be a great replacement. And as I was thinking it through, I'm like, you know what? Hercules would make a nice little dark oh, ride. Hercules, yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, and it would be yeah. something more like I'm I'm thinking, like I said, what can you put over there that boys would be interested in? And finally I think I settled on a character that kind of thing would would be good for boys. He's already in the park. You see him quite a bit, right? And he really fits into that fantasy land motif, and that's Robin Hood. Oh, Robin Hood, yeah, yeah. I'd like to, see, I'd like to see him do something like that, where you you board um like a, a coach, yeah. I guess it would be or something like that, and you start off and you go through and you, yeah. You know, there's the rooster, Alan O'Dell, right. kind of starting off, getting you into the 
you know, tell them the story, sing right. the song kind of thing. You know, you can go through the archery contest, a little prison break that they do when they're stealing Prince John's money, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And there's several good scenes, and those are all really cool characters. I right. mean, in fact, most of those characters you know you've kind of seen like from the jungle book i mean right. you know these are these big larger than life characters um that i think would make really good um you know it'd be really cool to see them fully realized right. in 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 large form you know and and what their estimated height and and, and width would be in dark right format right. so i'd like to see that and i think it, like i said it you know, just like doing like the archery kind of thing with right. arrow shooting and stuff. I, initially, I was like, you know what? It, it could also work like where, you know, I know generally the dark rises, they just kind of yeah. just tell the story of the film, but it's like, what, what, what would happen if you walk in and, you know, Robin Hood's recruiting a couple of merry men. They want to yeah. see if you can fit the bill and they kind right. of give you like a little toy crossbow kind of thing. You hit it and like kind of like a Toy Story mania kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. see where you have like little like targets you got to shoot. So yeah, I could have um, I could have even seen them do something like that in there, yeah. and that would have been a little bit more geared towards boys. I mean, obviously, that would actually be kind of neat. And, you know, some people may argue it's like, well, that movie's not really relevant now. It's like it hasn't, you know, not be people have. But number one, they released it mm -hmm. recently. Number two, like what school children? You know, I, I, don't, I seriously don't think that they're not learning about the story of Robin Hood anymore, regardless yeah. if it's the, the Disney version <laughs> or if it's the one that they have in the books or the play or whatever else. But somewhere along the line, the kids still know the story of Robin Hood. Oh, absolutely. Know? And if there just happens to be an attraction called Robin, The Adventures of Robin Hood or whatever else, it would still be relevant to those particular kids, even now today. Oh, know? yeah. The whole idea of a kid wanting a, a crossbow. I mean, just yeah. like... I to, mean, to, look to, brave. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it would work phenomenally. Uh, you know, it... it I mean, hell, the Little Mermaid, they just did that as a dark yeah. ride. How many years after the mermaid? Right. <laughs> I right, mean, right. how many people were really clamoring for a mermaid dark ride at that point? Right. I mean, it kind of been shelved. I mean, where Ariel was just one of the many princesses, yeah. but it didn't stop people from wanting to. It's a step in the right direction because yeah. it's like, you know, it's like the first time that they've built something from one of those properties. Yeah. You know, uh, in that nature and i'm glad but yeah you're right no it's it hasn't stopped anybody from doing it and the the little characters mermaid, little mermaid you know the characters are definitely still in the park yeah i mean i i saw robin hood last time we were there i think it was robin hood and i want to say it was friar tuck yeah uh that was little there john or, yeah, little john yeah. was there before yeah, I've, I've seen, seen him there and maybe not the last time i was there but um yeah i mean they're definitely um i think that that uh, a franchise that and there are a lot of franchises yeah. that, that disney had that they've kind of you know haven't done anything with that right. i think that one could use uh you know yeah, that, that could be dusted it. off a little bit I another one so. song of the south i mean when they did that for splash mountain oh, yeah how many people had Song of the South on the, on the brain right. at that point? I mean, right. they, they wouldn't even show it anymore. Right. The, some you know, characters. It's funny, I was listening to what is it? So, Jim Corgis wrote a book called Who's Afraid of the Song of the South and Other Forbidden Disney Stories. Um, so, I just, I just ordered that book and it should be coming in tomorrow. So, I'll be, he, he tells a lot of stories about how people that are against Song of the South never really heard, never really saw the movie or really understand what's going on. They just see the Song of the South as like, and this is a whole other topic that we could go off on. Oh, absolutely. Um, they just see what is actually being portrayed as far as, um, you know, the slave master thing and all that kind of stuff back in, 
back in the old south of, of America. But do you own a bootleg copy of it? I own. I own I, two actually, accident by accident. Same here. You know, I I have it. I like the I like the story. I like the, I like the stories. I like the music. I love everything. You know, it's like anything. You, the more you outlaw, you can outlaw it, but people still figure out a way to get oh, their yeah, hands on yeah, it. Yeah, because you can get it. You know, from England or Japan easily. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember seeing that movie in theaters, which is crazy. When I was young, 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 I didn't realize what the heck it was. I, just I remember seeing it on TV. Yeah. Like you know, like on Saturday mornings and stuff like that. Yeah, but that 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 would be great. But you know, I guess you get they have Splash Mountain for that. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you're right. I think maybe something more masculine would be appropriate in that spot. Yeah, and I think and Robin so, Hood could fill the bill. I yeah. mean, like I said, yeah, I, I know these characters haven't been used in a while, and people right. may not think they're relevant. But again, I'll point to Song, Song of the South right. as some uh, as as a group of characters that no one was clamoring for. They dusted them off, and yeah. I'm betting I'm betting they were happy that they did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, a really good dark ride where they really kind of take into that world and in that world in particular would so fit within fantasy land right i mean with the the the, the castles yeah. uh, the what you call it the medieval look that you have to yeah. it i mean it's perfect for it ah uh where hercules is um 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 emperor's new groove uh cusco mm-hmm. that could be something cool that would be in there I mean, oh yeah, yeah it's a little bit older of a franchise but you know, I like that story. I, I started a resurgence to it. My kid likes it now. We've watched uh-huh. it together, and she enjoys Cusco and all the antics. You know, mm-hmm. John Goodman's one of the voice and all this kind of this. It's pretty neat. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, what's his name? David oh. Spade? Yeah, right. David Spade's the, uh, uh, it's Cusco. So, anyway, that'd mm-hmm. be another franchise. But, anyway. Speaking of which, I mean, yeah, you can do a whole thing on... Um uh, what you call it? Goodman? G- Goodman. I mean, the characters in my film, like particularly Goodman, who's the yeah. voice of um, what was the name of the character? The the oh. sidekick guy, such a P. Pacha. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah Pacha. Okay. So he's that guy. He's Sully. Yeah. Uh, from Mike and Sully, and I thought right. it was somebody else as well in Disney New York. But then you have Patrick Warburton, who yeah. is Kronk. He plays Kronk. Kronk. Yeah. He's also the. Uh, He's a guy in Soren. Soren, the captain yep. of Soren. So I mean, yeah, you know, they 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 like using uh, proven talent. Oh yeah, oh yeah, proven talent. Um, anyway, so that's our thoughts on that particular thing. If you have any other other thoughts about this topic, please shoot us an email again, magicourway at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Twitter or Facebook. Okay. Um, we'd like to hear from you. We'll read it on the air, and we'd love to chat with you. You know, who knows? If it's interesting enough, we'll have you on the show. All right, man. So there we are. It's another show of Magic Our Way. Um, Thank you for listening. If you made it this long, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. This is one of our longer shows. We're looking <laughs> at about an hour here, um, but we're hopefully your new year is starting off right. Um, again, if you like our show, rate and review us on iTunes, please. I think we have one rating. So five we, stars. Yeah, five stars. I know. One rating. It was good. So, you know, I'll take one good rating over a bunch of bad ones. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, please, uh, yeah, if you like the show, rate, leave a comment. Um, also, you can find follow our page on Facebook to keep up with us. You can definitely find us on Twitter. You can follow us there. Shoot us a message or tweet out. Uh, if you're listening to the show, tweet out that you're listening or whatever. Post on your Facebook status that you're listening to our show and ha- what a good time you're having. Um, if you have any comments or suggestions for future show topics or you just have something to say uh, to us, uh, email us at magicourway at gmail.com. 
Um, you can also soon you can find our website at magicourway.com. Uh, we'll let you know when that starts launching up. Uh, but until then, you can find our, sh- our, our show notes and stuff at magicourway.libsyn, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. Um, you can find our little blog page where you can also listen to our shows there as well as listen, read the show topics and any other notes that we happen to post. Um, so without further ado, we thank you for listening to our show. My name is Kevin. I'm Danny. Magic out. <laughs>